1: All right, we're back. Only in New York, only with the Mets. Well, even with the Yankees, would we kick off the new baseball season talking contract, talking uh, about fans being angry with Stearns for not uh, engaging in Pete this past off season? I mean, that's where this whole thing starts, and that's why this is a tough job. I mean, think about it. This is other organizations. I mean, yeah, that would be a conversation everywhere, but it, but that's where it starts. It's not. The excitement of a new season. It's not looking at positional battles. It's even really not, I mean, even though it was part of the conversation, we'll get to it later, Mendoza's first spring and and interacting with the club, it's Pete Alonso's contract. And anger about him not signing and fear about him going somewhere else. And, you know, that's that's part of it. So I I really think, you know, to go bite back to what I said, this could come down to Pete versus them maybe signing Soto, just like it was like DeGrom and then pivoting to Verlander. Different. But something same. So let's move on from Pete Alonso because I don't want to talk about him and his contract all year. And I don't really – I'm not going to, but I know I'm going to be lying on that because something's going to come up that's going to annoy me. But let's talk about being opportunistic. So early in the Stearns era, he talked about how they're going to be opportunistic and how they're going to go out and see markets and see situations. Maybe the example of how Milwaukee was looking to shed payroll and he was able to take an injured prospect like Coleman Crow. And flip them for a very useful fifth starter and Adrian Hauser and uh, Tyrone Taylor, a, a fourth outfielder, maybe you know a component starter type player. Uh, you know, looking at free agent markets and, and and jumping when there's an opportunity at that point. You know, something along those lines. Maybe Harrison Bader is an opportunity uh, is, is an example of that. But now this is not just about late off season. This is now a situation where you have some big names now as of. The show, uh, Sunday afternoon, February 18th. So when you listen to this, even just in a few hours, uh, who knows what is going to happen. But we have some big-name free agents looking for homes. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. Now, it's not unheard of, of, of of players going to spring training without a contract. Usually Boris clients. You see some Boris clients in there. Uh, Kyle Loesch is a name that's come up uh, to me in the past. Steven Drew did it many years ago. But nobody of the caliber of, you know, a Snell, a Cy Young Award winner, Montgomery, an emerging, you know, potential top of the rotation guy, a very solid third baseman, in Matt Chapman. I mean, Cody Bellinger, maybe that, that's not a complete surprise. But, you know... The veterans like J.D. Martinez, Adam Duvall, that doesn't surprise me as much, but this has been one of the slowest moving off seasons I've seen ever. Now, we blame Otani and Yamamoto, and I understood that, but it's far deeper than that, and I think it's a couple of things. I think, number one, the RSN situation, the uncertainty of the RSNs, that's playing a big part in owners telling GMs, I don't know what kind of cash I'm going to have. It's unknown. Let's take a step back. I think the industry... Is starting to see that as you get deeper and deeper, and this has been going on for a while, but I think more and more now, you know, the more tools you have, you could go out and get a JD Martinez, or you can look at the projections of what, a, a, you know, the most recent Met, G Man, Choi, and Luke Voigt can maybe produce in a platoon or what Vientos projections are as a young player and say, this version of JD Martinez is expensive. Yes, he's experienced, but. You know can I can I do without him and do the same thing with someone else now that's putting players in a back of the baseball card projection system that doesn't factor in experience veteran leadership big spot you know a lot of other intangibles which I think David Stearns and his group does I don't think that they don't do that but I think there's a limit to that when they we talk about the cost but what I think now if I'm David Stearns looking and and, and I don't know if any of those big four, would take a one year deal to reestablish themselves back out on the market because they're not getting what they want. And you know, Boris is not a stupid guy. Boris knows that the league is going to figure out their 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 revenue situation with the RSNs. Now, I'm speculating all this, and I'm doing this as you know, not this high end expert. I'm just looking at this logically. You can't tell me that the RSM bubble bursting and the and the bankruptcy of Bally's. And what's going on there? It's not every team, but cable cut it cord cutting is going on. Who knows what other owners are looking at with their regional network uh, deals. They're going to be cautious. They don't know what the future is going to bring. There's a lot of change going on in our world. There's also economic stress in our world. These guys are in other businesses. What do you think? That they don't have issues going on in their real-world businesses? You know? So, so, honestly, there's a lot of play that makes... Maybe some of these players that are not shoe in and none of those guys I mentioned that are left are shoe in stars, I'm sorry, that are guaranteed to be great values on their contract, um, maybe makes their demands a little bit above and beyond the appetite of most teams. So now that's spring training, now they need a job. And maybe they'll be like, hey, Scott, give me the best deal on one year. I'll go out, I'll show these guys I'm worth it. And then they jump back out into an off season where depending on the position they're in, You know there'll be more competition on the pitching side for guys like Snell and Montgomery, with other big names like Wheeler potentially coming out and so on. Um, Maybe they'll be willing to go on a on a on a a reasonable one year deal because I don't think it's the money now. I think it's the long term money, and maybe there's an opportunity for Stearns to jump in now. In a vacuum, no draft picks. You know, not necessarily worried about tax money on the Cohen tax. I would absolutely support the Mets jumping in on short term one or two year deals for Matt Chapman or Jordan Montgomery. I think Chapman would uh, solve your third base problem. Yes, it would stunt Beatty's development. I'm not a believer in Beatty. I'll put it out there. And Montgomery uh, would be a guy that I think you could get that's going to start to emerge potentially as a top of the rotation force who had a big postseason in Texas and has been really good since the Yankees traded him. And he was always good when he was at the Yankees. He was injured a little bit. The Mets used to hit him pretty well, but he was always a guy that I thought was a little underrated with the Yankees. You know, he wasn't a, a guy that, you know, uh, always got the do uh, at least the, from my opinion. So, that was what I would do. Now, knowing that there's a qualifying offer attached to Chapman and Blake Snell, Uh, that's less appetizing to me. Now, I'm not a Snell fan, but on a one-year deal, I would take Snell if he wanted to reestablish himself and and prove that he wasn't just a one-year fluke. Um, I would absolutely do that. I'm sure that 29 other, not 29, but I'm sure the team across town would do it, You know, and a bunch of other teams, maybe the Red Sox, Toronto, maybe even Atlanta would do that, Uh, so on and so forth, the Phillies, so on and so so forth. Uh, But as far as draft pick compensation, I think that's really probably one of the bigger holdups with these guys. I'm not as interested because not that I'm a prospect hugger, but I do see how the Mets have been harmed by their lack of development and losing more draft pick capital is not something I think is smart, especially when you're building a new organization with new uh, front office uh, under David Stearns. Now, if you looked at me logically, the name here that I think the Mets should really, and I've said since the beginning of the offseason, pursue is Jordan Montgomery. I don't know if there's a longer-term deal to be had in this scenario, but I think Jordan Montgomery would look really nice in that rotation at this point. And, you know, to me, uh, that's the guy I was curious Now I don't know if that's going to happen because, you know, right now, there doesn't seem to be any buzz around that, but that's the thing. You know, there was no buzz about the Mets and and Carlos Correa, and then all of a sudden one morning we wake up and Cohen jumps in, uh, and there you go. But when you look at the Mets' rotation— uh, it's solid, you know, from a standpoint of a lot of good. You know, I wrote about this over at beyond the mic, a lot of good. They've built teams in the past with these very good rotations, more bullpen centric, more bat centric like the 99 team, like the 06 team. But you put Montgomery in this rotation. And maybe you and Tim Britton and Will Salmon have talked about it. You know, Senga is a guy that's going to need uh some extra time. They may want to give Severino extra time. Maybe they want to give Manaya an extra a little bit of extra time. You add Montgomery to this, you make Hauser the sixth starter. It does create some challenges in the bullpen because who do you drop? You know, there's not as many guys as we talked about in prior shows that have options there, other than uh, Fujinami, who has really—I mean—you're going to lose anybody else than there. Uh, now you got a nice six-man rotation. Maybe you know Hauser's a, a, a swing man like the old Trevor Williams, where he's not always a starter. Because not everybody wants to get the extra day, and that's really a nice rotation. Maybe they don't have the ace, they don't have a vintage Scherzer, they don't have a vintage um, Verlander, they don't have vintage Degrom at the top, but it's solid. They'll keep you in the games. They'll give you good starts. There's a legitimately some top of the rotation guys in Montgomery and Senga. Uh, you know, both Montgomery and Senga are in a lot of the similar spot where there's questions about how consistent they could be as that number two. Are they more number three? So that's where I would go. That's where the opportunistic uh, move would be. Now, there's still J.D. Martinez and Adam Duvall out there. The Mets just went with G. Choi and Luke Voigt is kind of the insurance, minor league deal insurance. A lot of that has to do with major league jobs. The Mets don't have spots really to open up here for major league jobs. Um, It doesn't sound like they're interested in Martinez. They feel what they have now. They could cobble together between value signings and Vientos. That, you know, maybe Marte needs to DH. You know, that remains to be seen. But I think Adam Duval's interesting as an opportunistic signing. I don't know if he would take a minor league deal and prove himself in the spring, but he can play good defense. He's got pop. He, he doesn't necessarily have a, a, you know an on base pedigree, but you're looking for a right handed pop that struggled against left handed pitching. Perfect guy to have kind of come in and uh, you know look. Harrison Bader's the everyday outfielder, but if Amarte can't play every day, you know Duvall could come in. I know you have Tyrone Taylor. I understand that, you know, DJ Stewart on and on. Um, But you know that you know Duvall has a track record. Stewart doesn't have a track record. Uh, You know, can Taylor do what Duvall does? You know, that could be a debate we have. I'm less interested in the injured guys like Woodruff with the shoulder. I know Liam Hendricks is rehabbing from you know elbow. When those guys are closer to being ready, you know, go to their. outings and see them there I, i'm i'm not interested and i'm sure and unless uh, and, and especially with woodruff for the shoulder i'm not interested in paying somebody for rehab when i don't believe that woodruff is ever going to be the same pitcher again so um you know I, that's kind of an interesting part of the spring you've seen the mets make a couple of early moves here of minor league deals with voight i don't think voight's official but the rumors are there Choi just came in now you got somebody to push a dj stewart who has options And who knows, you know, you you really need, I said this in the opening, one slider hits Pete in the hand and he's out three months. Mets are screwed. Now, I think they're screwed anyway, whether you have Choi or not, but the Mets are screwed at that point. And, you know, having Choi on the roster, if he can make it over Stewart, would allow Pete to DH a little bit more. Without that downgrade at first base defensively, I think Choi's pretty decent defensively. But it will be interesting to see if the Mets become opportunistic with these remaining free agents, especially the big four. Because again, I don't think a lot of this RSN stuff is going to be solved. And the kind of markets that would be able to be opportunistic on these players are the New York teams. Look, they're still talking about the Yankees and Blake Snell. So, and the only reason I would be open to any of those guys, except, for, you know, even maybe Bellinger, depending on what it is. The only reason I'm not is because of the qualifying offer on Snell. And I'm not open to long term deals on really anybody other than Montgomery. And I think Montgomery wants 30 plus million a year. But maybe you give him to one or two years or maybe one year and let him prove himself. Let him go back out and show that he's, you know, he could maybe get a bigger payday. Now, I know his agent's probably looking at who's on the market next year, and he knows that the market's a little bit more saturated. I mean, it'd be interesting. Will any of these guys really start to sit out regular season games and wait for a team to get desperate? That will be real interesting, really interesting, because in this day and age, with players taking accountability for their own development, for their own routine, for their own workouts— that's an easy thing for them to do. Now, they want to get paid and they want to play, and nothing is like playing and being in your routine. But if it means a lot of money, you do it. It'd be really interesting to see how this goes. I'm fascinated by where this is. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe things start to move this week and, you know, things change economically in the game overnight, and who knows? So, anyway, that's a thought. Can the Mets be opportunistic? We'll see. I know you guys are gonna be the anti-Stern's crowd because they've already become loud the anti-Stern's crowd are gonna say, well, he just wants guys on minor league deals like Choi. That eh, maybe. I think if there was a guy that made sense at the right price that didn't compromise their ability to be flexible in terms of player development, I think that they'll be open to it. So and look, if if you give it up a draft pick for a player, I'm all for that. For an elite talent. I just don't think Blake Snell and Matt Chapman are those guys. I really don't. So anyway, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's really get to what we want to talk about, I think, is the 2024 Mets. How do I feel about this team? What do I see? Are there positional battles? We'll talk about that and more, especially what we're going to be looking at during the Grapefruit League. Because if I'm looking at it, you should be. We'll talk about that and more right after this.